interested in what the Lord wants to do with us. I'm very interested in how he gets from us this morning, what he put in us. I want you to know that um, off the top, I love you guys. I do. Sure do. And it's never my intention to ever beat you over the head. I don't do that. But sometimes when the word comes, it comes strong. And it comes in a way that is just beep, right there in your face. You know? And that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Um, I want you to know that if I sound somewhat abrasive this morning, I'm sorry I'm not sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done apologizing. <laughs> but there's, there's some seriousness in these few scriptures of the end of chapter 13. We'll probably close up the, the chap, uh, chapter 13 of the book of Romans today. You will have the opportunity to hear Beck preach next Sunday. Um, so he might reach back and pick up some stuff from this set of scripture or open up chapter 14. I don't know. Kind of give him jurisdiction to do what he wants in that area. Uh, but we're going to close up this chapter. This will be the, the first closing. We'll say that. I want to leave that so that we can have room for Beck to maybe do the second closing. I don't know. But there's some things i got to communicate to you this morning on a very, very serious level. Um, you guys know that I like to joke. I like to be lighthearted sometimes. Today might not be that. I'm, I'm still going to give you, you know, me, but I want you to have Jesus more than I want you to have me up here. Um, but y'all see the title of this message? It says the time is now. The time is right now. So if you were to look at your, your watch and someone was to ask you, what time is the time right now? You'd, I mean, every second that ticks by, that's the time is, is, is now. Does that make sense this morning? There's, there's, there's scripture that tells us you're not even guaranteed the next five minutes. What would, now let me back up. How does that, and this is rhetorical, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Would you be satisfied in your life right now with what you've done up until this point? If the Lord took you home and you stood in front of him and had to give an account for everything that you've done up until this point, what, what would you say? Would you be okay with that? There's times in my life where I would have been able to say, hey, take me home. I'm good. <laughs> now, I'm only 32 years old, and hopefully I live a lot longer than <laughs> what I've already lived, obviously. But what I'm saying is this, are, 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 you, are you ready? Or is there still work to be done? Are there still things that we need to get right? Because ladies and gentlemen, that is a reality. That's not something that I'm just trying to say from the pulpit this morning to grab your attention. I hope it grabs your attention. But this is real stuff. Tomorrow is not promised today. What would happen if you didn't wake up tomorrow? Would what we have done up until this point be enough? Or are there things that we need to get right? The time is now. As we've walked through Romans, we're in chapter 13 now. We started that way back in the beginning of 2016. Excuse me, uh, 17. You get 11 chapters of doctrine. Heavy, heavy doctrine. Paul just comes with haymaker after haymaker. And then you get to chapter 12 and it's like, okay, if we know all of that, if we know who Jesus is, his, the way that he operates with his people, chapter 12 tells us how to live. Chapter 12 tells us how to dedicate our service to God, dedicate our service to each other, and dedicate our service to people outside of this church. You get into chapter 13, it talks about the authority of Christ, government, being in subjection to the government. Now what we pulled have been pulling from chapter 13 is, look, all, all authority comes from heaven. My authority is on loan. If you are overseer of anybody, your authority is on loan because it all comes from the throne. But we read in Romans 10, 9, where it says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you're saved. And then after that, he says that those who believe will never be disappointed. If that's the case, if all authority comes from the throne of God, then that means all authority that's been set up by him was never meant to disappoint us. Now, there is a misuse of authority. If you guys want to hear those messages, get on our, uh, our, our website and, and go back and listen to those. But I'm recapping the beginning parts of chapter 13. 
It's like the banks of a river. That water runs freely. But the authority of the banks keeps it going in the right direction. The Lord is asking us to run as free men and women in this lane of love, but stay in their lane. Are you with me this morning? See, this message comes from a place this morning of, of communicating something very serious to you that if we don't get this next statement, the rest of the message won't make sense. It just won't. And I want to pull you in with this. So don't let this morning be another church service for you. Really catch this next statement that I'm about to, to put out there. Um, because just as I told you, tomorrow isn't promised today, this next statement is equally as true as you and I sitting in these pews today. The statement is this, that we are in an all-out war against the kingdom of darkness. There is a war being waged for your life as you sit and you listen to Pastor Alex talk. You're in a war right now. There is war being waged on the believer, not only on the individual level, but the church. There's war being waged on the church. Now, you want to, well, let me just say this. If you don't believe what I'm saying, I'm not asking for you to believe what I'm saying. Just flip on your TV to any news channel, any news channel, and just watch for 10 minutes. It'll make you sick. You want to turn it off. Because the things that we see outside in our, in our world, in our social environments, would say that. The time is now. War is being waged. Now this war, I want to let you know how serious this is. This is not some small battle. Alright? Um, I used this analogy in first service. I'm going to use it again. Because I got to lighten the mood just a little bit. Everybody, when you're young, do you ever play the game Ding Dong Ditch? You know what that is? You run up to your neighbor's house and you hit the doorbell. This is before cell phones, okay? We just had to make it work. This is what we did, all right? We had toilet paper and our fingers to go push doorbells. So this is what we did. We teepeed houses and we uh, knocked on people's doors. But you go up, you ring the doorbell, and then you try not to break your neck trying to hide. Uh, you jumping over bushes and being, falling and hitting your head on stuff. All right? See, that's kind of an uncomfortable thing, but I want to let you know that the way that the enemy operates is not in a ding-dong ditch fashion. He doesn't come up to your house, all right, and ring that doorbell and then just kind of run off and say, aha, uh -huh, joke's on you. I'll just get you next time. It's not that. The enemy, ladies and gentlemen, as scripture would say to us, is seeking out to take your life. Does that make sense this morning? He's not seeking out to make it uncomfortable for you uh, some night. Or to discourage you. Or to kind of make you feel separated from the person next to you. Those things he does do. But his intention is to kill you. Now I'm not talking about being dead while you're sitting here. Alive, but dead. That is a piece of it. I'm saying he wants to be the reason why people show up at your funeral. Are you with me today? It's real stuff. He is after taking your life. If we don't understand the seriousness of that, what I'm about to preach, what I'm about to, what the, what the Spirit is about to let come across the pulpit, it just won't hit. Now, here's the deal. We already have victory in Christ. Amen? He already died on the cross for us, and therefore, we are made alive because of that. So I don't want you to hear me say, because I'm, I'm, I'm uncovering the schemes of the enemy, that all of a sudden we have to do everything we can to, to stay away from those things. No, see, the, the key is, is to live a righteous life. The key is, is to walk in love. I, I've said this before. It's like saying, don't think about the color purple. What do you do? Think about the color purple. Spending time trying to not do something, you end up doing it, right? Instead of just living and walking as a free man. Are you with me today? See, I use the intro, the introduction that way in saying that there are some things that I believe in the body of Christ 
me, when I say the body, I, I include myself. All right? The body of Christ that need to be somewhat addressed in this area of the authority of Scripture. We have gotten to a place where the authority of the Scripture is just that. There is no authority. We just got done reading however many verses in chapter 13 about all authority coming from the seat of God, the throne of God. Do you know what this means? That if that's the case, then everything that we are reading, we have to take it seriously. And to not simply say, well, guess what? I'll just do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll get right next week. I kind of want to get right now, but there's some things that I want to hang on to. So I'm just going to push it off. Now, when I say there's a war on the believer, and the, uh, uh, there's, there's a war on the church, before I, let me do this. Before I jump into the next part of this, let's read this scripture, because I don't want to do too much more talking before we don't, before we... Uh, Get the content and context of what's going on here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this and I'm going to continue with this introduction. Um, but you guys with me up until this point? You here? Are we, all, are we all here? It says this in verse 11 of chapter 13 of the book of Romans. It says, Do this, knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to be awakened from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its love. We're going we're gonna to run through these scriptures. Um, but the title of this message, I want to make this statement. I believe that Paul is making a statement within chapter 11 saying, do this. As in, do this right now. Knowing that, excuse me, knowing the time. Knowing that the time is now. And the statement is this. When we walk outside of the, the church walls or outside of our homes or get outside of ourselves, we see that the world is in a state of emergency. There's something wrong with somebody who walks into a, uh, an institution, a school. And for whatever reason decides that it's okay to begin letting a firearm go and just killing people. For whatever reason, we have people who have a lapse in their thinking and they get up to the 20-something floor of a hotel, bust the window out and decide to open fire on a concert. See, those types of things should say something to the church. That the world is in a state of emergency. So what Paul brings to us because of a state of emergency is a statement of urgency. Do you hear me when I say that? Amen. Our world is in a state of emergency and if we are not in a place where there's a sense of urgency with us to go and do something about it, then our switches have been burned off. Are you with me today? Now, when he says, do this, what is he talking about? We get through 11 chapters of doctrine, chapter 12, and then chapter 13. Chapter 12, he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everything that is in you that is a gift, let it come out and let it work accordingly. Don't think too highly of yourself, but let your gift be something that comes to the forefront. Everybody's gift is important. The next part of the scriptures in chapter 12 say, let love be without hypocrisy. Don't be a professional pretender when it comes to loving people. Let it be real. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. 
Cry with those who cry. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Bless those who curse you. Blessing those who curse you doesn't make sense. But it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what brings people into the church. That's what brings people into the family. Chapter 12 gets rounded out by saying, I am God. Let God be God. He says, let, as far as it is in your control, be at peace with all men. But don't repay evil with evil. Vengeance is mine. That's a deity. That's a God statement. Then chapter 13, be in subjection to the government governing authorities. Realize that all of that comes from the seat of Christ. All, he asking, all he's asking us to do is just to run in this lane of love and let the Lord take care of correction. Let the Lord take care of those who misuse authority. But there was, they, they were never set up to misuse you. They were never set up to be abused. Walk as a free man. Live, run as a free man. Because at the point of salvation, when you ask Christ into your life, you are now a free individual. A free individual. And the message last week was this. We are indebted to love. Owe no man anything except to love him. I don't know you. I don't know you anything. I don't. I'm sorry. You don't owe me anything. Sometimes I would love if you would just give me things, okay? Like food and money. I need that, right? But I don't owe you anything you don't owe me. But this word accept says the only thing that I am indebted, indebted to you, to give to you, when you walk through that door, you walk into my house or my area, personal bubble, don't get too close, all right? I am indebted to agapeo, to entertain you, to welcome you, to love you you, uh, to, to be fond of you and to love you dearly. That's the definition of that word agapeo. So when he says do this, what are we doing? Chapter 12 through chapter 13. Now there's a lot more of the Bible, okay? There's a lot more to do. But when he says do this, knowing something. If you know who Christ is, if you've accepted him into your heart as your Lord and personal Savior, you know he's coming back. Right? Amen? Let's turn to Matthew 24, verses 42 through 44. We get that up on the screen there. It's one thing to be ignorant. Okay? But it's another thing to know and then choose not to act. It's another thing to know and choose to look the other way. Like, that's, that's almost worse. Right? But this is what this scripture says. It says, therefore, be on the alert. For you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. Therefore, there's a lot of therefores in the Word of God. Be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. He could come back in the next five minutes. He could come back next five years. Who knows? We don't know that. It's not our job to know that. But what is it that we are supposed to know? It's like saying, we don't know when he's coming back, but in the meantime, how are we going to act? In the meantime, what are we going to do? Him coming back isn't something that is new information to us. But he says, do this, knowing that the hour has come. Let's get Romans back up there. Do this, knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. And I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Matthew 24 42 through 44 says that if the, the, the owner of the house would have known, then he would have been ready, right? Let's go back to this ding-dong ditching analogy. Super elementary, but it's still funny to me sometimes. The enemy is not a guy who's going to come up to your, your door, ring the doorbell, and then just dip out. You know what he will do? 
he'll be out there in his, uh, his security van casing your house. And when those lights go off and he finds the perfect time to walk around the perimeter of your home and see if there's a back door open, see if there's a window that's cracked, see, he gets in and he walks right past the 70-inch LCD TV that you got on sale from Walmart, Black Friday. He walks right past all the appliances that you spent thousands of dollars on. He walks right past the fine jewelry that's sitting on the nightstand, whatever. He looks right at you and his intention is to take your life. He's not a ding-dong ditcher. He's there to kill you. So here's how this connects. We read that first part of that, that scripture. Do this, do what? All of chapter 12 and 13. Knowing that Christ is coming back. We don't know when he's going to come. But in the meantime, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. That's a huge statement. Because what the enemy wants to do is he wants to lull you to sleep. He wants to help us get to a place where scripture doesn't mean what it's supposed to mean anymore. He wants to get the church to a place where we say about the scripture, God didn't really mean that. Or he meant it for next week, but not right now. Right? He wants us to get us to a place where we are sleeping on our anointing, we're sleeping on our calling, we're sleeping on saying something to a kid who decides he wants to walk into a school and shoot people. We're sleeping. I get asked the question, Alex, why would somebody, why would we serve a God who lets stuff like that happen? It's a tough question. Why would God allow for thousands of people to be, to be murdered? Hundreds of people to be massacred? And I'm coming to the realization that the best way to answer this question is saying, how many of his people did he send at that little kid? How many people did he send at the guy who was doing what he did in Las Vegas? But they were lulled to sleep. How many times did he tap on your shoulder and we said, ah, oh, next week? How many times are we going to just say, God, you're not, that, that doesn't apply to me. It applies to everyone else, but it doesn't apply to me. See, my intention this morning is not to beat you over the head. It's not. But the time is now, ladies and gentlemen. And why is it that we think that it's not now? Because the authority of Scripture reigns no more in our lives. It may reign in some areas, but other areas it's like, oh, well, <laughs> that might be a little bit uncomfortable. So let's flip the page. Let's read some loving stuff. Right? Do this knowing the time that is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now, salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. Romans 10.9 talks to us about salvation. What it takes, what you have to say, what you have to do, where your heart's at. No man can get you there. Only Christ can get you there. Only God can get you there. But salvation coming to its fullness. Jesus coming back. That time, whew, every day we're closer to that. We don't know when it is, but hey, we're getting closer. What are we doing in the meantime? What are we doing in the meantime? The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, here we go. Let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. See, I don't want to give the enemy too much conversation. I don't want you to walk away from this message saying, wow, he talked about how the devil just comes after us so much. Don't hear me say that. It's real, okay? But what I would rather communicate to you or have you walk away from this place with is how to fight that. Is how to step into saying no to that. When you research any war in the United States history, 
there's a couple of modes of operation. We know what we're going to do, and we do everything we can to figure out what they're going to do. Pretty simple. I know what I'm going to do, Romans 12. And the Lord has the enemy figured out. But if his mode of operation is to simply lull me to sleep, then I'm going to buck that. Excuse me, I'm going to. I'm going to put my hand up to that and say, guess what? I'm not going to sleep on this one. I'm going to be alive. I'm going to be awake in Christ all the time. Are you with me today? So how do we do that? Lay aside the deeds of darkness. And here we go. Put on something. What does it mean to put on the armor of light? I don't know. I haven't done much study into this quite yet of, of what the armor of light is. I know what the armor of God is. But what I know about Jesus is that he is light. But when light comes in to a room where there is darkness, darkness doesn't drive out the light. <laughs> Lightness drives out dark. Light drives out dark. The dark flees. You bring a flashlight into a dark room, hey, it's gone. You know what that means? That things are exposed. So how, do, how, does, how does the truth come into a situation? Let me back up. How does light come into a situation? It's brought by truth. So if we're putting on the armor of light, we're putting on the armor of truth and what is truth. Genesis to Revelation. Walking in with scripture, knowing who God is, letting the authority of scripture be the light into that situation. I don't know what happened in this kid's life where he thought that that's what he had to do or he could do that and that was an okay thing. But I wonder how many Christians were quiet. How could God let something like that happen? He sent probably tens of hundreds of people at this kid. Were we low to sleep? In what moment in time was the Lord wanting to use me as his representation? Man, I've been talking about that since the first of the year, since even before that. Being a representation of who he is. When he taps on your shoulder, guys, the time is now. It's, somebody's life is worth more than rejection. I'll tell you that right now. It's worth more than our comfortability. It's worth more than our safe haven. But when we walk in with the, the armor of light, oof, it's a different thing. We don't walk in with us. We don't walk in with our stuff. Although we are able to relate to people through our experiences. So don't hear me say those aren't bad things. Are you with me this morning? The time is now to put your money where your mouth is. If we claim to be Christians, whew, let us be those. If we claim to be believers, does my conduct show that I believe? Or does my conduct show that I've been lulled to sleep, leaving the back door open? Let us behave properly as in the day. You know what this is, this is pointing towards? Let what happens behind closed doors be able to be exposed in the light and be approved. This is a list here. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and in jealousy. You know how I like to talk about bookends? Sometimes I'll bring a preaching about here's what it said in the beginning, here's what it's saying at the end. How do we, how do we get past verse 13? You go back to verse 1 of chapter 12. It says, present your body as a living sacrifice. All this stuff is connected. You don't know how? Well, there's the answer. How do I step into that? Well, hey, you'll make a decision. We just got to make a decision to do this. Are you with me today? And then again, it says, but put on not only the armor of light, but also Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I love how it doesn't say, do the best you can to be like Jesus. Yay. Hooray. Balloon streamers. Because guess what? You will fail miserably if you try to be like Christ. You weren't intended to be like him. He is him. Okay? 
But the reason why we ask him into our heart as our Lord and personal Savior is so that he can then use us and do things through us. This is not new information to you. Do this knowing that he's in you and that he's trying to work through you. Let him work. It says, put on the likeness of Jesus Christ. Don't be like him. Be him. You guys are like, oh, well, only he can be him. Well, yeah, you're, you're, you're correct. And only you can be you. But when you do Luke 9.23 and you deny yourself and give up the rights to yourself, he then... It's almost like a, a hand and glove deal. You're just the glove. But he's operating the whole thing. He's telling you where to go, how to do it. And you can't be disappointed. That's what scripture tells us. If I believe God so loved the word that, world that he gave his only begotten son, um, John 3.16, then I got to believe this too. If I believe Genesis 1.1 in the beginning, then I got to believe the whole book of Leviticus, which will really lull you to sleep if you're reading it. <laughs> you guys with me this morning? This is supposed to be encouraging in nature saying, look, your peace is so important that when you don't give it, we are at a disadvantage because the time is today. The time is right now. The time is not in five minutes, but the time in the moment is asking for wisdom and discernment on how to step next. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lusts. No provision for the flesh because you need to feed it? Yeah. Go to lunch? Yeah. Come on. But when it comes to lust, make no provision. So one more time as we go from the top of this, this scripture in verse 11. It says, do this knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day. Not in carousing and drunkenness and not in, excuse me, sexual promiscuity and, and sensuality. Not in strife and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the character of who he is. And make no provision for the flesh. It's just a different set of scripture after you look at it that way. My encouragement this morning comes from wanting to be able to in a healthy way confront this whole are we asleep in some areas we can ask the question but guess what then we got to answer the question because then we'll be like some of these tv shows that you watch where they just never come to a conclusion <laughs> they just say as theorists suggest the whole time are we suggesting or are we answering the question and then are we going to do something about it? Man, are you asleep on something? I think that the church is asleep on some things. And things are happening in this world because she won't speak up. Because she won't say what she's supposed to say. And her believers, her followers, uh, followers of Christ aren't living the way that we're supposed to live. <laughs> Plain and simple. How can we go out there and tell people to love each other when we can't even love each other within the walls? How can we go out there and tell people to live right when we ain't even living right? So this isn't a, oh my gosh, we're so bad. We can never fix this whole thing. That's, just get that out. That's bad thinking. <laughs> Drop kick that right out these stained glass windows. Do Romans 12. Be transformed. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. Be devoted to one another. Love the way he asked us to love. He'll take care of the rest of it. Are you with me today? Walk out of here encouraged, seriously. The pressure on you, it shouldn't be pressure. If you feel pressured in this moment, I'm sorry. That wasn't the intention. But what is the intention 
is for you to be convicted to a place of living and being exactly who God asked you to be. And that second best is insufficient. Anything that is not of him, man, it's sleep, it's death. The time is now. So the next time the Lord taps on your shoulders, hey, just say something. Just do something. And watch how he works. Watch how he uses you to impact somebody's life. And it'll juice you up. I swear it will. That happens to me all the time. I'll try to talk myself out of it. Then I'll say something and be like, wow, okay. I guess I can do this. <laughs> the body of Christ is needed now more than any time in history. But she's needed in a way where she is exactly who she was intended to be. The bride of Christ. So be encouraged in that way. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Let's uh, get ready for our offering. As we begin to close, um, the administration for the end of this service, uh, we always like to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what the, the response is from you. But I do know that responding today is a representation of not being lulled to sleep. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Like as you walk into this place, you can nod your head, great message, pastor, awesome. I can give a great message and be like, sweet. And then totally forget what I just said. I'm saying it's both and, it's not just me. We walk out of this place, don't be lulled to sleep. The Lord is asking you to respond in this moment. That might be coming to this altar. It might be sitting in your seat. I do know that all change comes by way of repentance. It does. It comes by way of knowing who he is and the fact that, uh, man, I don't have any other words for it. In our own dealings with ourselves, we fall short. We're insufficient. And therefore, it leads us to a place where we say, I'm done. Which brings repentance. Which brings life. That might be the response this morning. Um, but we'll see what the Lord wants to do. Um, you want to give this before we take offering? Yeah. Give it honor to God. Lord, we're just working when Alex was talking, and it was a thing, an area that the Lord want us, wants us to be cautious about, and that is, is um, post-traumatic spiritual disorder. <laughs> We think that we're strong Christians. We got it together. We're going right on there. I gave it to Jesus. It's all in the sea of forgiveness. But then one thing happens, or you hear about a situation, and all of a sudden you're stunned, you're paralyzed, and you can't act. And that might be the very time that the Lord wants you to act. So we have to look at what we, the Lord wants us to look deep inside ourselves to see and to be honest about those things we haven't given to him that we haven't dealt with yet, that we haven't put it in the right hands so that we can move on forward. So those things that we thought we gave away, or we, we, we're used to alcoholism in the past, but we're past that, but you see somebody drunk hollering at somebody, you paralyzed. You can't help them, you can't help yourself. The Lord wants us to examine, talk about it, get it out and actually give it to him so that we can act all the time so we can move forward and we won't go we won't be lulled like that we won't be lulled into a temporary coma and and can't act and can't receive and that's the other thing it's one thing of what we can't help others but we need to be able to receive to know which way that we should go so we need to just the lord wants us right now to just just look at our lives and those things that have, have hurt us, that have shocked us, that will work against us in the long run because he wants us to be prepared. Okay. Amen. That's a good word. That's a good word. Um,
Yeah, let that sink in. You guys want to come up here? Um, Father, we just want to bless this offering. Lord, we want to bless what you're doing in this time. Um, and Lord, we don't want to be lulled asleep to any any authority of Scripture or, or you, period, or anything you're asking us to do. And so, Lord, as we give, um, I pray that it's not a sleepy giving, but it's a joyful giving. It's an awake, it's an alive giving, Lord, because that's what you ask from us. We know that it's all yours anyway. Uh, and Father, there's, uh, there's an aspect of being able to worship you in this in this moment and so that's what i pray for as this plate gets passed that what what's get put what gets put in there is 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 worshipful uh, and father it blesses you so bless this offering we love you we thank you in jesus name amen you guys can pass that there yeah right on why you want to come up here As we're taking the offering, I don't want to distract you, but uh, I'm, I guess I'm going to. Um, how many heard uh, what was just said? I mean, yeah, that meant something to you. I mean, we all heard it, but it meant something to you. Um, you know, I've been walking around, coughing, okay, and praying as Alex has been preaching. This is a, it's really a good word, all right? It's really a good word. Uh, and I don't know about you, but f at times when, when you hit a scripture that is like this, where it's kind of a fish or cut bait, help, all right? Uh, there, are, there are some of us in here that need to win one, all right? We need to win one, all right? Not so we feel better, but I really believe that and, and along with what Peach has just shared, all right, that for some of us, we are, we hear a word like this, and yet we see that, okay, Lord, I, I'm, I'll step in. But here's a, maybe a place to enter in for right now. Is that I'm going forward today, personally or corporately in this word, has to do with how in us, this word impossible sits in us. Right? We're all facing something that has been long-standing. We're facing something that doesn't seem to want to uh, 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 be satisfied. Uh, we've run into it. We've run into it. We've run into it. And it's, it's like, man. Uh, and so when a word comes along, instead of just receiving the word for what it is, we look at that thing that won't move and we go it, 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 it has like has a vote to us and I really believe that as simple as it sounds all God wants us to do today is not promise God I'll do it better I'll do it harder I'll do it more often because that will not make it to the sidewalk I really believe God wants a vulnerability in us today to just say God bring light into this impossible thing Restore me again to your hope in regard to it. Let light come back into this thing. Because what God wants for us is not only to fight the good fight, but to fight so that the good that gets done gets done. But the fight is not just being scrappy. If I'm not able to say, for, please forgive me, as well as say, man, I'm going to be tenacious, then I'm not whole. If I just have to fight and fight and fight. So I believe God wants to minister to us today. And I believe some of us need to come forward because, you know, there's just sometimes when we come forward, it's kind of like, God, I mean business today. It's not like going forward is magical. It just means I have to kind of get up and move from where I am to where he wants me to be. And that vulnerable point is saying, God, please bring light into this impossible thing so that, God, I can begin to see it as you see it and never again use it as a template of whether I have hope about these things being overcome. Because that impossible, whatever it is, man, has affected our hope.
Does that make sense to anybody? simple you know what peaches share okay let's do this all right it doesn't mean you got to come forward it just means you can and there's some of us sitting there going man i've never gone forward before or somebody said hey i just went forward last week maybe they'll think i'm always it, it, who cares all right if you stand next to me and during worship you're going to hear me sing it's not going to be good but it is worship all right? so man let's stand to our feet uh alice is going to play here a little bit a little worship and, and I, I'm just going to invite you, and I'm not going to cajole you to come up. I'm just saying, man, come or kneel where you are and just say, God, bring light into a possible for me again. And the hope, and Father, that we're going to win one today.
filling in the gaps, Father. Restoring us. Father, we love you. We need you. We know that it's not by our might or by our power, but 